2: The Around the League podcast deserves its own a football life.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? You thought this is this
4: is going to be a firecracker of a show today. I dude. just had
3: a feeling. I had a Sessler. You have a feeling. Yeah, I have a Sessler. <laughs> uh that the you know this is gonna there's a little heat a little heat and in a good way mark sesler out of the uh, studio today on his day off decided not to come in which to me speaks to his passion for the project your thoughts the boss
4: that's not fair. No? At all. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear that. We know he doesn't listen to the show, so that's okay. No that's I mean, he's very busy. Really anything can be said. I sympathize with him. He's a, he's a father of two young boys. A lot of errands to run, a lot to do. It's a day off. Enjoy it. It's
3: June. Uh, Mark actually texted yesterday morning uh, to say that he suspected that his sons had gotten into bath salts. <laughs> uh, which it, it seems in the, in the Sessler household sometimes things just go off with his two little boys. You have, when you have two kids that are sub four years old, uh, anything's possible, it seems.
4: Yeah, when you're taking shots at him not coming, mm-hmm. all you are is taking a shot at Simone, trying to, you know, <laughs> give, her a, give her some help.
3: That's Mark's wife, yeah. for those that aren't uh, aware of the family structure. Uh, okay, so yeah, good show. Mark will be back Wednesday. I will be leaving uh, for a vacation to Tejas,
5: Texas. Uh, country that is south of Oklahoma. Um, will you or will you not be on a boat drinking a beer with Cedric Benson at some point? The first
3: two parts I probably will be. Said, if I could find Said, yes. But uh, they're Baylor people down in Texas, the people I hang out with. Uh, so I don't know if Benson would be involved. Uh, we have a big show today. Big show. We are going to talk about Chris Wessling's piece on the Comeback Player of the Year. You, you offered up some predictions. I think we talked about that a little bit a few weeks ago, but we're going to really get into it and chew on it a little bit. Uh, we're also going to uh, take some phone calls, which is I don't think we've ever done that before in the show. We've taken phone calls for, of course, Win West's toaster. Which, by the way, the Gold Standard is back next Monday, a week from today
2: back and better than ever yeah can't wait
3: how's that going by the way
2: you know it's all right we've only lost a few good men to the elimination chamber but it's you know
3: (laughs) that that gold standard elimination chamber is one of the most frightening places in the world
2: it's the price of success you know (laughs) we run a pete carroll like combine up there we sign everyone up but you know not everyone can hang
3: when you said you renovated it what what was it just putting more spikes on the walls and new whips (laughs) yep uh fire chamber area Pretty much, yeah. yeah.
2: I, you know, have you? Do you remember the hit '90s Nickelodeon show, Guts?
3: I do remember Guts. Well, we yes. have an
2: aggro crag in there, and it's <laughs> it's very aggro to say the least. Chris
3: Wessling connecting on this,
5: I could tell.
2: Yeah, I, Chris is like, hear- "What's Nickelodeon?"
5: <laughs> 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 I never did watch Nickelodeon.
2: Ah, missed out.
5: Um, yeah, so we're gonna get
3: uh, some phone calls in in there, but uh, and also, you know, we're gonna talk a little bit about. Making the leap, which has come. We had a big meeting of the minds, and that's coming uh, on the NFL.com backslash ATL page, and we'll talk a little bit about our meeting that we had. Uh, But before any of that, the gold standard, how about we do some news? Let's do it. The Seattle Seahawks are no longer interested in Jermichael Finley, the former Packers tight end, uh, visited with the Seahawks uh, early in – the offseason, they're the only team that Finley has visited with. But NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Sunday, per a source, informed of the team's thinking that the Seahawks are out on the chase to sign the tight end, who, of course, um, is still a medical uh, question because of his neck injury uh, that he suffered last October. Your thoughts, gentlemen?
4: Well, the most interesting part of this whole thing is the insurance policy that he's taken out. And Ian's reported Finley can cash out for $10 million and that he could have a tough decision on whether to return because of that $10 million or not if he's not guaranteed to make much money this year. So there's a couple things at play. Will a team even offer him a contract? Because he's been cleared by his own doctor, but it seems like no teams have cleared him. And if he is, and it's just a, let's say, a one-year, $2 million contract,
5: will he have a tough decision to make in terms of just deciding to hang it up? This situation seems like it was designed by Mark Sessler, one of his little games. Mm. You can have $10 million oh, tax-free yeah. <laughs> and never play football again, or you can be a health risk at age 26 and risk whether you might never get a contract worth more than $2 million. Or earn five times the amount of $10 million by right. the end of your or career. Or suffer a life-changing injury, which shouldn't be
4: forgotten about that you know, his doctor says he's not going to be at more of a risk, but clearly he's got a neck problem, and that has to be part of the thinking of him returning to the field.
3: Does anyone in this room or behind the glass watch Silicon Valley on HBO? No, I've never. Heard I'm of going it. to eventually, okay. but I haven't. Everyone heard. should watch it. Season finale just uh, occurred on Sunday, but it's very interesting in that show. Uh, the company uh, Pied Piper, the guy that runs it, uh, had a ch- has a chance to sell his compression software. Uh, to this com- fake like, Google-like company called Hooley for $10 million, and he has to make the decision to go with his own company and move forward and roll the dice or take the $10 million. And That's exactly what I thought of with Jermichael Finley. $10 million and
5: walk or
3: roll the dice.
5: I believe you called this one at the beginning of the free agency that he won't be cleared nearly as easily as he thinks he will. Yeah,
4: it, Don't, Doesn't he have to not take the money or else the show ends?
5: <laughs> well, that's—I mean—that's different. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm
3: sure that's a major reason why he took the money for the uh, narrative of the program. But <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's that was the decision he was facing. Now Finley will—I mean, it's interesting. Like, if you put yourself in, in those shoes, I guess it depends. We'll really find out how much Jermi- JerMichael Finley loves playing football. If right? he's
4: cleared to play,
3: I think if he'll he's play. cleared,
4: I think if he's cleared by the teams, he'll play, and it'll be a risk him whether he can earn that future money, but I don't know if any team is going to sign him. I think that's why you're hearing this insurance policy thing again. It sounds to me like maybe his agent is seeing what's out there. They visited with a mystery team on Friday. We don't know who that is. The Seahawks are out. The Packers seem interested, but it seems like they haven't cleared him yet. They're trying to create a market for Finley, and this insurance report coming out sounds to me like, oh, okay, now we're realizing we might not get an offer this might not happen and they're introducing this as another possibility
3: i saw on twitter i can't remember who tweeted it but um this morning someone wrote if jermichael finley ever ended up on the patriots and was paired with rob gronkowski just give tom brady the mvp now which i don't know if i i believe that finley is that level player where all of a sudden he would be the new aaron hernandez well on some levels um i'm just curious what you guys think of finley the football player when healthy Wes and I had a
4: conversation about it last week when it looked like maybe he was going to sign with the Packers. I mean, if he was a healthy Jermichael Finley and we had done our top 101 free agents, he would have been in the top five.
5: Yeah, wow. I think he's been, right? Easy. He he's been, been highly, two. highly inconsistent throughout his career. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I thought last year, before the injury, he was playing better than he ever had in his career, and I would have considered him a top five tight end. Even that highly, cons- highly inconsistent,
4: at no point – he, he's always been an above-average starter. Right. So that's worth
3: a lot. So there aren't many above-average young starters
4: sitting out there on free agency.
3: Gentlemen, Josh Freeman started the 2013 season uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a starter and the presumed franchise player there. Uh, he was released by the New York Giants on Friday. So if you count, you got the Bucks, and then he went to Minnesota, released there, signed with the Giants, released there, and – it leads you to think, where is Josh Freeman's career now on June 2nd, 2014? He doesn't have one. Is it over? 26 years old? The guy that, as a 22-year-old, was seen as one of the rising stars in the NFL? I mean, there's no injury here. There was no... It was just the, the guy lost his way and apparently has struggles
5: picking up a playbook. Is this Is this the end of the road? I don't want to say it's over, but I think it's one of these... He's at a crossroads, and the NFL teams are going to want to see some, some real penance out of him. He's going to have to work hard. He's going to have to show that he, he is showing up for meetings. He can be a team leader. And it seems like he, whether he did that when he was 22 or 23, he stopped doing it when he was 25 or 26. So teams want to see that. What happened in New York? I can't buy
4: that they just cut him because Eli Manning is back on the practice field, and they want to make sure Ryan Nassib gets the he backup to snaps. He had have been
3: super unimpressive from what they saw. It's it the can't only be. Way. It can't
4: be on field either, though. It has to, If something happened, it must have been behind the scenes because they cut him bef- practically before OTAs even started. They had a couple days on the field. I mean, they they can't make an evaluation on whether he's a good player or not. So I have to think there's more to this story.
5: Or else why did they sign him in the first place? Curtis Painter is still on this roster. There could be less to the story. They didn't sign him until Eli underwent surgery. And they cut him as soon as Eli got back on the field. But they knew that Eli wasn't going to
4: miss the season or anything. They figured they were going to give him a shot. They never even gave him his shot. I have to feel like either he wasn't happy with the situation or they weren't or something. Or else what was the point of ever signing them in the first place? Ryan Nassib and Curtis Painter are on the roster. This is a guy josh freeman that we thought would be hitting free agency this offseason and signing a big-time contract he turned down some long-term contract offers we thought he'd be a guy like andy dalton a year ago at this time who would have you said had more market value josh freeman or dalton freeman (laughs) it's comparable and it, you, could, you could make a case for either guy, but he was a guy asking for that could have been asking for a lot of money. Now he can't even get a job. Change happens quickly in
3: the NFL. Here's some news that happened Friday, but uh, we obviously – our last show was on Thursday, so we're getting to it now. Uh, Darrell Washington, uh, one of the more underrated defensive players in the whole league for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, has been suspended uh, indefinitely. The NFL announced Friday that Washington has been suspended without pay for at least one year for violating the league's policy and program for substances of abuse. The suspension is effective immediately. Uh, Of course, Washington had been suspended four games last year for uh, a violation of the substance abuse policy. Uh, He also was sentenced in April by an Arizona judge to one-year probation for assaulting a former girlfriend. Now he has this. And, uh, gentlemen, before I throw to you, I just want to read what really jumped out to me after this was Cardinals GM Steve Kime, who had this statement to say where he basically just unloaded on Washington. It's completely unacceptable that Daryl has once again put us in this position. We all know what the consequences are and we'll deal with them. And he takes it from there. But this is an unhappy team that loses one of their best players for the year and maybe more.
5: He had a $10 million bonus this offseason. I think the Cardinals have paid $5 million of it. And they might try to get some of that back, according to NFL Media Insider Ian Rappaport. So, yeah, they're livid.
4: That statement's what you hear from a guy and a team that's ready to go after some money and potentially ready to cut Washington when it becomes sensible for the salary cap purposes. I I don't know if they've made that decision or not, but usually when you come out that strong against your own player, you're just about done
3: with them. And uh, this is a—listen— Let's let's really let's keep this in perspective. This is a crushing blow to the Arizona Cardinals chance of being the team of ATL.
5: <laughs> <laughs> a leaf, ah. a lethal blow. Really? Yeah. You think it's over? Cut. Darrell Washington, the only player in the NFL over the last three years, even missing four games last year, with three hundred tackles and fifteen sacks. He the the fastest inside linebacker in the league until Ryan Shazier entered the league. Carlos Dansby. <laughs> you and your Shazier. You got to just throw that in there. Shazier. Some Shazier love. <laughs> Shady Shazier. Carlos Dansby was on the fringes of the Defensive Player of the Year discussion last year. They're without two of their three best defensive players. Well, they're a very talented defense even without Darrell Washington. I mean, he's a great, okay.
4: great player. A top 100 in the NFL player according to our list, and I, and I agree with that. But they still have Calais Campbell, Darnell Dockett. Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew. I mean, those are guys who are all as
5: talented as Darrell Washington. Honey Badger might not even be there for week one. He's probably not going to be playing like Honey Badger for the first half of the season. Kevin Minter and Larry Foote are now your inside linebackers. What's the problem? This is not going to be nearly the defense they had last year. I, I think they, they might be middle of the pack. Well, now. luckily you have Carson Palmer to really cover up
3: a lot of problems. <laughs> well,
4: you mentioned the inside linebackers. The outside linebackers are Matt Shaughnessy and John Abraham, which I picked out as maybe a weak spot of the team going into free agency, coming out of free agency, and now just the entire linebacker position is a problem. There aren't many guys in the league that can rush the passer from the spot that Washington plays and cover like Washington. He's a unique talent. But we've seen this in the NFL. You don't suddenly become a bad team because of one guy. They have four other guys just as talented as Darrell Washington on that team. They so, he
5: lost Dansby and Washington. That's fair. And Matthew is a shell of himself probably. It's, as, it's almost as big a loss as Sean Lee uh, with the Cowboys. True.
3: I also would like to say, Greg, next time one of us messes up on the ATL team, you should re- release a damning statement about <laughs> us. You better watch out. I know. It might be way. about you. I know. It might be, actually. Um, Retract that. Yeah. Moving forward, more su- – hey, more suspension fun. Get ready, society. <laughs> Giants – the New York Giants have waived safety Will Hill uh, just three days after the NFL suspended uh, Hill for six games for violating – the league substance abuse policy. Uh, Hill was, uh, you know, a strong player on the Giants' defense last season, but the team obviously decided he was no longer worth it uh, as a guy who wasn't trending upward in terms of getting his act together.
5: No matter what, which way this country is trending on the marijuana issue, if you're a football player in the NFL, it just your teammates have to be crushed by this, and your coaches have to say, "How can I rely on you?" Do we know it was for marijuana? Three years in a row, drug suspension. Daryl Washington, by the
4: way, did release in a statement. He didn't try to pretend that there was some wrong test. He, he said it was for marijuana. Well, Hill is a guy who came into the NFL uh, with issues. So the, the Giants probably felt like they were giving him uh, another chance when they drafted him. He served a four-game suspension already. He violated the substance abuse policy, as you mentioned last year as well. So they just must feel like they're out of chance. He's out of chance.
5: Well, you mentioned coming into the league with, with substance abuse issues. When he was at Florida, he was tweeting about marijuana all the time. I mean, this is a guy who has you probably shouldn't do that. Displayed poor judgment quite a bit.
4: Now I kind of tuned out of the Giants as much as I could down the stretch, because. They already are the most boring team in the league, just about. And whoa, they were Tennessee
3: Titans are like, whoa, Greg. Whoa, what about <laughs> us? Them. I'm
4: always a little bored by the Giants. Me and, too. And they weren't very good last year, which you know compounded it. Greg has issues with the Giants. I wonder why. <laughs> I do. Uh, but you you've been saying that Will Hill might have been their
5: best defensive player last year. That's news to me. Or best defensive back. He he made our making the leap list a couple of times down the stretch last year. Here's some numbers for you. He returned in week five. At that point, the Giants were allowing 36.5 points a game. The rest of the season, they allowed less than 20 per game. Well, I, Yeah, but from the outside, I don't know how
4: is that a cause and effect. Dude, you watch, you were impressed by yes. Will Hill is what I'm saying. I thought
5: he was their best defensive player until Justin Tuck became unblockable late in the year. But uh, pro football focus, not, not a Bible, but after Will Hill returned for suspension in week five was their highest ranked safety in the NFL for the rest of the way. It's a long way of saying he'll have a
4: job eventually when with because guys that are that talented and young get a chance
5: with another team.
3: My favorite is the Chris Wessling Pro Football Focus Qualifier. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Look, I like Pro Football Focus. They do a wonderful job. That is we,
3: consistent on this podcast. You there will be a qualifier before anyone. I
5: like them. They do a wonderful job, but people shouldn't take anything we say as gospel either. Whoa, come on. <laughs> right. It's
4: <laughs> just on. putting numbers next to something that's inherently uh, allergic to numbers, it's tough that you're qualifying certain things. We should have one data. of our guys on here to hash it out in like July when we have nothing else. Why
3: not? That doesn't sound bad. It sounds fun. At least not to us. I don't know what the listeners are in on that. Mark would love that. Statistician. I know Talk we have some data. PFF staffers that listen to the show too, so hubba, hubba. reach out. Um, <laughs> by the way, Wes, I, I meant, meant to, uh, mentioned off the top of the show, last night at a bar, you hung out with a notable ESPN personality. Uh, watching Spurs basketball, or this two, was two nights ago? Two
5: nights ago, yeah.
3: I don't know if we can get into who it was, but I just wanted to let the public know that Wes <laughs> is so plugged in <laughs> with uh, major uh, sports culture that throwing back brewskis with this, stars.
5: This person impressed me. It was unlike any other, uh, I'll just say woman, I've ever met. Hmm. Is there a love match, potentially? <laughs> I on. think she has a uh, bigger fish to fry than, than Chris Wesling. Chris, you're you're quite a nice catch. <laughs> Thank
3: you, for Fish. Catch. I, got, I got that. And, and Greg, you
5: were at the Kids
3: Space Museum in Pasadena, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
4: really the difference between our two lives uh, right now. Wes is hanging out, throwing back booze. I'm uh, there with my mom and my uh, daughter at the Kids Space Museum. A delightful time, <laughs> at least until my kids started puking because she had a walnut in
3: something. So. Wow. That's what I'm looking Bride for. Write it down. Life. Um, all right, so that was the weekend. And I stayed at home all weekend, basically, because I rea- my wife is already in Texas. I'm following behind her. Mm. And then I just realized, oh, I don't really have too many friends in my life.
5: But we hung out Friday night. We did. We hung out Friday. That's true. Barry in the lead. And there's a video <laughs> of Mark that, that probably he doesn't want out there. Oh, da-
3: oh yeah, Dancing Sessler. We can never, that can never sh- see the light of day. In fact, he's probably going to be upset that he even brought it up. <laughs> but he dance. doesn't listen to the show, so we're in the clear. Nobody tweeted Mark about this. This needs to stay secret.
5: <laughs> there is a video. Nobody will ever see it except you, Mark, and I. Well, now I know about it. I'm, I I <laughs> insist on oh, seeing Sessler's it. Oh, Sessler's going to kill you, us. <laughs> I insist on it. Oh, he, he's going to kill you. He made you. me promise that no one else can ever see it. The best part is it was a huge... Uh,
3: dance hit in the late 90s using a Steve Winwood uh, sample of Valerie. The
5: European Pe- version of Valerie. People yeah. said,
3: tweet at Mark to uh, let us <laughs> oh, release no. this
5: video. Mark, I'm
3: not behind this. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I did not bring it up. Uh, all right, let's move forward. Hey, uh, Chris Wessling, who will soon be murdered by uh, Mark Sessler, <laughs> the top comeback player of the year candidates for 2014. Uh, you know, you, you seem to have your finger on the pulse of this uh, entire Uh, the battle every year because you've done some research on who wins this thing uh, which is always fun to talk about who is the comeback player your thoughts on how does this thing
5: shake out usually in the sense that it's essentially undefinable I guess I do have my finger on the pulse of it it's there's no hard and fast rules for it anybody can win for any reason it seems like Philip Rivers wasn't coming back from anything but a bad season and he won last year and it wasn't even that bad a season Yeah, it was. I mean, it was bad, (laughs) but
4: just compared to—it wasn't coming back from Brandon Whedon's 2013 or anything like
5: that. So, basically, here are some of the rules. Unless unless you have shredded your knee, Adrian Peterson, Willis McGahee, Mm. you you can't win it as a running back. Mm. Uh, Jerome Bettis won it 15 years ago because his career basically washed out with the Rams after like three or four years. Steelers traded for him, and he has an awesome year. But that's kind of the exception to the rule. Wide receivers essentially have to have a career year. Randy Moss won it his first year in New England. Steve Smith won it after, I believe, breaking his leg and had a career year the next year. No tight end has ever won it, which is interesting because Gronk is going to be up for the award this Mm. year. Uh, Only three defensive players in history have ever won the award. Two of them coming back-to-back back in 1999 and 2000. Remember Joe Johnson of the Saints, defensive end?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can picture Gronk uh, working out in some futuristic room with a picture of the Comeback Player of the Year trophy staring at him, and that's what motivates him. He wants that gold. Not really.
5: Sure, Michael Finley, would he be eligible
3: for the award? Sure. Of course. Why not? He it would be a, a, strong, first, a strong candidate
4: if he could get cleared and plays well.
3: So we talked about this. I actually tried— to convince Wes to take a uh, softball pants bet, uh, which he eventually took, by the way, uh, as many listeners should know, on Johnny Manziel starting the season, and then somehow Tyler Thigpen is involved with some weird Wes uh, stipulation you put in there. I can't remember. Tyler Thigpen, you muddy really the waters involved. with it. What is the? What is it again?
5: It's very simple. If Brian Hoyer starts over a healthy Johnny Manziel in week one, I will eat my softball. But taste. if
3: Tyler Thigpen starts over a healthy Johnny the, Manziel. Tyler
5: Thigpen doesn't even have to be in the discussion because all it is is that, if Brian it. Hoyer all right. starts over. All right. Anyway, Man- so Manziel.
3: before any of that happened, before that shocking move of West taking on that bet, um, I had tried to get you to take RG3 uh, as comeback player of the year or actually I should say, the field over RG3, and you would not agree to it. Uh, true to form, you have him as number one on your list here as the top ten candidates uh, to win the Comeback Player of the Year.
5: Quarterbacks get extra points. They're in the spotlight the most, and in the history of this award, they've basically won it every other year.
4: Makes so he's, he's coming back from being the first player in NFL history to be benched down the stretch for no reason at all? He's coming back from a bad season, like <laughs> and then they don't call it a right. benching. He's coming back from a lot. What life. did they call that again? That when conscious Ky- uncoupling. <laughs> I mean, when they that we've almost forgotten it at this point. That was one of the strangest NFL stories Stupid. of the last decade. And when Kyle Shanahan, you know, said that Manziel reminded him a lot of RG three, I loved. I'd, I forget who it was, but someone tweeted back, Does
3: "That mean they're gonna sit him when healthy the last three weeks of the season." He loved that tweet. Yeah, I <laughs> thought that was horrible. <laughs> um, here is the top 10. I'll run it down real quick and then, Greg, maybe you could uh, shoot something out off it. RG3 1, Gronk at 2, which makes sense. Julio Jones 3, DeMarcus Ware 4, Michael Vick 5, Jeremy Macklin, Clay Matthews, Von Miller at 8. He's a sleeper. If he comes back healthy and yeah. motivated and goes nuts, uh, Percy Harvin 9, Aaron Rodgers 10. Aaron Rodgers, that would be surprising.
5: Yeah, I think... I
3: don't know if he missed quite enough time. He missed
5: seven games, yeah. but I think the voters were probably holding it against him that he came back and was instrumental in them winning the NFC North. Well, then
3: Percy Harvin has to be eliminated too, right? Right.
5: I, that's why I have them so far down on the list because Harvin basically didn't play during the regular season but was huge in the Super Bowl. I think Miller's a sleeping giant here. His his injury was so late in the season that mm-hmm. unless he's got like Adrian Peterson alien DNA, well, I, that- I don't know if he's going to be like explosive in week one.
4: Well, it also raises a... Moral question. Can people be coming back from their own substance abuse problems or suspensions? Mm, like, is, do, do you, Does that count as a comeback? I, I think it probably does. Well, the, He yeah, missed but, games for that, too.
5: Right, but the ACL tear is what he's really coming back from. He had already come back from the suspension by midseason. Hey, this comeback player of the year is pretty nebulous,
4: <laughs> it, as it you is, say. Definitely. You could just Nebulose. come up with anything
5: Nebulose.
4: that you want. Gronk? The problem with him is, do we think he's going to be back in week one? If he is, and he actually played a healthy season, I would take my chances with him over RG3 just because I think he's a better player.
5: RG3 has so much going for him now. I mean, he was he was uh, probably the most spectacular player in the league in 2012. Mm-hmm. Now he has way better weapons than he's ever had.
3: The only thing that spooks me, and I will say this, as I mentioned, I have these Baylor ties now through marriage, so I (laughs) root for RG3. I really do, and I think he he seems like a good dude. It almost seems too perfect. It's like too set up, well set up for him, and whenever things seem like they're absolutely going to happen, it doesn't always play out that way.
5: Is anyone else saying he's going to become back player of the year besides me? Is anyone else talking about this besides us? That's what I'm saying. I don't think anyone's (laughs) even thinking about it. It's under the radar. The
4: the thing that could get in his way is, Just what we were worried about him last year. Is he going to develop into a great quarterback? Is what we saw in his first year that repeatable? Is there a chance he could just be mediocre again on a a below-average team? Uh, None of us expect the Redskins to be particularly good. I do. You do? Yes. How good?
5: I think they easily threaten the Eagles for the title. All right.
3: That'll be fun. How about Eli Manning, who's on uh, Wes's more players coming back, the first name there? He's got the quarterback thing, so you don't need to necessarily be an all-time player. Coming off an absolutely terrible season. Mm. Uh, you know, I like that. The guy has shown statistically that he could put up numbers, and you know, you, a lot of people argue whether he's great or good or not, but if he does return to the Eli that put up numbers and the Giants are back in the playoffs, he seems like he could be in good position.
5: That would essentially be just repeating the Phillip Rivers year. His offensive line fell apart. His receivers weren't very good last year, which is exactly what Rivers dealt with. I just can't put Eli Manning on a positive list. (laughs) (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. I think Ware is a great choice,
4: DeMarcus Ware, going to Denver where he's going to be the center of attention. Put it this way, if he has a good season for them, he's going to be near the top of the list. I Why wanna, wouldn't he be?
3: I don't want to pull a negative Sessler, by the way, but I just have doubts about that guy ever staying healthy for 16 games.
4: See, I have more doubts of Michael Vick actually playing well enough to win the award. I think that's a strong candidate if he had a good season. People would love that.
5: Right, that's the only I just have my
4: doubts whether it'll happen for him. He
5: started about ninth on this list, and then I realized my studies showed that quarterback gets such an edge, I have to have two quarterbacks in the top
3: five. My studies
5: show (laughs) your (laughs) hypotheses (laughs) revealed. Yes. I know nothing about science. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do, sir. Uh, Anything else, Greg? Julio
3: Jones, another strong one. We've kind of forgotten about Uh, him. The wide receivers coach for the Falcons said something interesting uh, this weekend I just want to read a quote that I, I found someone interesting we'll be watching him a little bit kind of standing on pins and needles I think if he jumps in the air to catch the ball if he jumps on top of some defensive back and some DB is under him you're nervous obviously it's not uh, you know a crazy quote that makes you nervous about Julio Jones but he's not back playing yet and the the you have a coach acknowledging that even when he is back there's still some concern about how that foot will react I mean that's just something interesting to keep in mind moving forward.
2: I have a question. Yes, sir. Has anyone ever won a Rookie of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year in their first three years in the league? Hmm. That seems crazy.
5: That's a good question.
3: We're going to miss this gold standard. It's taking a shot Thanks. at you. I wonder, <laughs>
4: who's he taking a shot at? He's basically taking a shot at Wes, questioning the <laughs> likelihood <laughs> I'm just, of no, RG3 I, 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 pulling this R- double
3: header off. Wes, R- you R- should call the gold center a little punk like Greg did. No, I saw.
4: thought that
5: was a fair question.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Well,
5: I, 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 I'll, just, I'll research and get back
4: to you. It's hard to imagine that would be true. That that could have ever happened, much less in the first three years. Maybe
5: no in quarter their quarterback career. in history ever had a, a season as good as... RG3 as a rookie. So you have to have
3: an amazing rookie season, most likely suffer a, a serious injury your second season, then return to being a great player in your third season.
5: Yes. Seems so. like
3: that could have happened through the years. Is it just a matter of did they If Greg the Cook would have come back. Mm. Greggy Cook.
4: How about poor uh, Terry Rubisky, by the way? He used to be getting some, you know, you mentioned the wide receivers coach. Without he used to be a guy who got a bunch of head coach interviews. Now, never hear from him. He has to see his son, Brian, get cut from Six, seven different teams in the NFL?
3: Life is T-Rob, ain't easy. <laughs> you know. I think he's doing all right. Hey, uh, <laughs> <the> Gold Standard. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. He's doing fine. The Gold Standard. Uh, you know what? Let's do some phone calls. We have such a great listenership. We're so grateful, including to the people in Canada, I will say, because there was some insinuation among people on social media that I was somehow uh, denigrating the great white North. No way. Uh, which couldn't be further from the truth. I, I love Canada. I just had a you know I had a girl there and it didn't work out. Western, Kirby. I don't believe it, but it's <laughs> you know who it's, doesn't it's love Canada? Happened. Canada's great.
4: Whenever, like my wife and I are talking about someone and we realize, oh, we you know. you you surprisingly like them or they seem surprisingly nice, then there's always that moment where we look at it, oh, he must be Canadian. affable folk. Or or she must be Canadian. That's always the answer to why you like someone so much. Why
5: do you hate America so
4: much? I like Americans too, but Canadians, they always just have that little extra... No, I I agree. (laughs) I I haven't yet to meet a bad Canadian. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. Their batting average is much higher. It's been a great week for Canada. Two two tennis players into
3: the quarterfinals. Can't believe we got this far into the show without Greg talking about the French Open. I
5: just read Agassi's uh, autobiography. Wow, we're going deep into it. <laughs> yeah, that. we'll
3: get into that afterward. <laughs> I do want to know about his wig because I heard there's a great piece in that about it. <laughs> uh All right, Gold Standard. Who do we have on the phone? Let's talk to some people. Get, it's important to stay in touch. We don't want to be in some ivory tower disconnected from the populace.
2: Yep. First up, we've yep. got... Indie Sarah, oh, I love
3: Indy Sarah. Salt of
2: the Earth couldn't be closer to the ground. Forget Ivory Tower. This woman is, she, you know, she's an ATL favorite, and I'm glad that we get to put her yeah, on, on the show. Yeah, long time
3: listener and reader, and a music expert. All right, so let's hear, let's hear from her.
2: All right, here she is.
3: Indie Sarah, are you there?
6: Hello.
4: This is exciting. We've uh, we've known you as a Twitter follower for a long time. It it's an honor, or it should be an honor for you, because you're the first ever caller in this podcast
3: history. Yes. For it, a, a mailbag type goodness. of thing. Yeah, and uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana, does that mean you're a Colts fan? No,
6: no. I, I'm of the opinion Dan Quayle is the first Colts fan. <laughs> wow. I don't
3: think
6: anyone <laughs> cared before that. Wow. But, um, no, I'm a Packer fan.
3: Oh, you're a Packer <laughs> fan. And then according to Twitter, you are a indie rock mommy, resident do-gooder, and professional nerd. That's all great. Yes. Who? What is your favorite uh, band of all time?
6: Mm. Well, uh... It's probably Super Chunk, but um, the snobby
3: answers the Pixies. So. Wow. Super well, Tramp? I, super chunk. chunk. Super Chunk. Oh. No, Super Tramp. It almost, it almost went on Wes's radar for a second there, but then it <laughs> faded <laughs> off. <something>. It. <laughs> um, all right, so you are a uh, Frank Black fan, and you are a Packers fan, <laughs> and now you will uh, talk to us. What's going on? Do you, do you have anything to say? Any questions? What's going on?
6: I do have questions. Um, actually, I'm in a conference room uh this is this is the day before my last day on this job so oh wow busted you guys getting fired
4: (laughs) yeah it was it doesn't matter it was worth it for
3: us (laughs) well we hope that doesn't happen but uh if it does happen whatever you know
6: yeah yolo say la vie so what's up (laughs) so um what would you guys be doing if you weren't professional sports writers Would you be sitting
5: in a cubicle like me? Mm. I feel like I've already done my time in a cubicle. Yeah, well. (laughs) And now I'm doing it again.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Greg, your uh, your answer. That's a good question.
4: That's a great question. I shudder to think about that. I think I'd be working (laughs) in television, in the sports television, hopefully producing. It wouldn't be too much different, but it may be more behind the scenes because uh, that was sort of the track I started on, and it was doable, so that would have been
5: somewhat acceptable, but not nearly as fun as this. All right, Wes? Not glamorous. Uh, I can tell you that I would not go back to the post office. <laughs> <laughs> I might become a bartender at some point to get by. Yeah. But I don't know if you guys know this, that I was going to be a librarian. I was going back to school for library mm. science when Greg hired me at Rotoworld like seven years ago.
4: Wow. Wow. I could see that. Like my dream wow. would be owning my own bookstore, but that's the type of thing that you don't actually do. It just sounds nice, right? So I wasn't
3: going to answer that.
5: I could see opening up a restaurant too. Could
3: yeah, with I was. That. Gu- I was going to say like I always kind of had a, a dream of opening a like a bar and grill down on the Jersey Shore or something. <laughs> Maybe one day when there's multiple millions in the bank, I could do it because then it will almost certainly fail. You as could most hire restaurants me as a bartender. Do. And you would be the ultimate bartender. I, mean, I, th- I like that bartender. Maybe my idea. wife could be the cook. Oh, wow. We're on to something here. I'm <laughs> sure, yeah, sure you wife would ATL love that. The ATL bar and that. grill. Why not? Why not? The around the league bar and What's grill. Once the kids get a little older, you know. Uh, and I actually have a hook. I have a hook to this bar and grill that I won't reveal on air because it's an idea that's a million dollar idea that I can't share with the masses.
5: I have a standing offer from a man in North Carolina from 20 years ago to be a bartender at this guy's place. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You, you can't just
6: walk into Huckapoo's and, and say, I demand a job.
5: I usually just walk into Huckapoo's, walk behind the bar, and get my own beer. I was going to say <laughs> <laughs>
3: something Huckapoo or something Tybee Island related would seem to be fit you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel something like, like a dock guy, like a guy telling stories on the dock.
5: Yes. <laughs> I don't, that don't think would be they pay. perfect. <laughs> they don't really
3: pay for that. <laughs> but this would pay. Hey, this this the so, first the, professional rock contour? Yeah, it'd be a union <laughs> job. Um, Indy Sarah, thank you so much for calling, and I'm, it doesn't sound like you got canned. So
6: no, no one's still good.
3: Oh, good. So best of luck with wherever you're going next, and thank you so much for listening and reading and everything.
6: Okay, great. You guys have a good day. Right,
3: Thanks, bye. Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Man, why can't everybody be like that in the world? Such a nice person, you could tell. Resident do gooder. I don't have an answer for that. Uh, who else? Let's get another person on the line.
2: All right, we have a, a gentleman named Patrick from Edmonton, Canada.
3: Ah, Patrick, welcome to the Around the League podcast, buddy.
2: Thank you for having me, buddy. We
3: were, we were just <laughs> talking about how much we liked
4: Canadians.
7: Yeah, we well, actually, there was uh, confusion over uh, whether or not we get podcasts or something on the last one, so I'm confirming we do.
3: <laughs> That's good. Now, we learned, actually, I was wondering if Canada um, had, if there was a big, Fan base in Canada, and then Greg confirmed it via hard data that it is. So, huge, so, huge. Thank it's you. not too cold. Yeah, no, Patrick, so what is up? What, uh, what do you got to say?
7: I'm just uh, chicken ass. Can I say that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let it go. You can
3: say it. Let it, it ride.
7: Um, no, man, I'm just uh, killing time right now. i about to go get
2: a Subway sandwich.
3: About to. A <laughs> <laughs> oh, Subway what sandwich. That's that, That's good. That's good.
2: Are you going high octane on that sandwich, Patrick? Absolutely as much meat as possible.
3: I was going to say, I don't know if there's such thing as a high-octane subway sandwich. No, Are they impossible. a sponsor of ours? No. no, so we're in the clear.
7: Actually, we have a hot sauce up here you don't have. In really? State. That's yeah, an outrage. And, uh, it ups the octane.
3: Mm. Wow, that's good.
2: So, Patrick, if you had one question that you could ask to the heroes, what would it be? Because now's, now's your chance. Um,
7: my one question for Wes. Specifically, it would be, do you know how bad you hurt my feelings when you rag on Bengals fans? Oh,
6: wow. I have a
7: Cincinnati Bengals tattoo, and so oh. it hurts me to the core when you basically are telling me Santa doesn't exist every season.
3: Patrick, that is that is a horrible thing that
5: you have to deal with in your life. Chris Wesling answer to it that's a that's a fair question. I do not know how bad i, I hurt your feelings. <laughs> 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 that would be my answer uh you know it's something that's rooted deep inside of me i I have my feelings hurt, you know it was the crash site of unrequited love, Paul Brown Stadium, so I guess I lash out because um. I have had my heart broken, so uh, that would
4: be my apology to you. He still has unresolved feelings, Patrick, and he pretends that he's ambivalent, but really he has strong negative feelings, which is the flip side of love, and there's it's uh, some unresolved stuff going on, so I'm glad you're bringing this to the forefront.
7: He he is the kid that goes, the first one to find out that Santa doesn't exist, and goes to the party
3: and tells everyone. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Chris Wessling? Have you done no, that? No, I would put it this way. No.
5: Oh. If you were in Cincinnati in the mid to late 90s and you stayed loyal to the Bengals, you were hurting all fans if you stayed loyal to what they were doing. Have you run
4: into this issue with your brothers, Chris, who many of whom are big-time Bengals fans, some mm. have season tickets and some listen to the podcast. Do they get annoyed by your anti-Bengals
5: fervor? No, rhetoric? they no, they don't, my uh the Westling clan are all critical thinkers, and they understand where I'm coming from with my Bengals hate, but they that doesn't mean they're not going to stop rooting for them. Uh,
3: Patrick, before you go, it says according to your Twitter profile, at the Cordyback, uh, that's K-O-R-D-Y, uh, I sing songs with my best friends. If you could sing one song with your best friend, who would it be?
7: Um, well, luckily I put that to the test last night at karaoke. I don't remember <laughs> it, but the footage was "I'm Saying Glamorous" by Fergie. So I guess that's got to
3: be the answer. <laughs> Wes, your thoughts? Fer- Fergie, glamorous? That's hideous. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I think we got Wes and Patrick. We need to get them on the uh, got them on a podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. It'd be the new Mike and the Mad Dog. All right, Patrick. Thank you very much, buddy. We appreciate you listening and uh, go Canada. <laughs> Thanks
2: for having me. Peace. All right.
3: Should we take one more call? Yeah,
2: let's do it. Let's do one more.
3: Ah, let's do one more.
2: We're gonna go now to a gentleman named Zach. So I realize I'm putting myself in jeopardy mm, here. I might mm, not be the favorite Zach of Around the League after this, which would hurt. <laughs> wow, I but, don't know uh, who's
3: under more pressure now. Let's
2: take let's take a risk here. Zach, are you there? Yes, sir. What's up? You're you're hey. you're living with the guys.
3: What's up, Zach? Oh How God. are you, buddy? Real? Welcome <laughs> to the Around the League podcast.
8: Oh, I thought I'd never make it.
3: <laughs> true I'm story. On top of the world. Zach was on hold for seven hours before he got on. That is not true, yeah. but cool. I had
8: to call in sick today, actually, to stay on hold.
3: <laughs> Zach, what? It was worth it. You are from Indiana, correct? Correct. Another Indiana fan. Are you a Colts fan?
8: Oh, actually, I, I was born in Baltimore. Ah. Uh, so that wasn't tolerated in my household.
3: Yeah, I, I can up. see why. Good well, you the
8: original Indianapolis Colts or the Baltimore Colts.
3: Sure, sure, of course.
8: Some, uh, some throwback knowledge. Yeah, that's good.
3: <laughs> you should be on Wynn-Wes' toaster. So, little, little known I fact know. there. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> deep, deep enough. You're filibustering. <laughs> Who's your team then? Oh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Oh, you're a Ravens guy. I got you now.
8: Yeah. No. I don't need to filibuster that.
3: We, we all figured that out before Dan. No, nah, I did not. Worry. It was all, it was coming together in slow motion. <laughs> Still blowing Dan's what mind that the Colts used to be show, in Baltimore. <laughs> what uh, what's going on? Do you have anything comment or question or whatever?
8: Well, you know what? I wasn't vetted for this. I uh, I didn't know what was coming. So
2: <laughs> gold standard. <laughs> gold
8: standard. He uh, he he uh, he threw me under the bus here.
2: Got to keep Can him I on a their quick
8: toes. Shout out first. Yeah yeah sure. Okay, this one's going to my little brother Eli Elite Willie. <laughs> um just wanted to say, hey, brag about being on the podcast. <laughs> I already warned him, but just in case he didn't believe me.
3: I
4: Well, you got to come with a question here or else you risk getting cut out of the podcast. I'm joking. Okay, I'm joking.
8: Hold on. I don't want to get cut. I don't want this on the on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I
3: like the Zach on Zach crime involved
8: here. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just he wanted to stay the number one Zach.
3: Mm. <laughs> and so
8: he kind of, uh, you know. Set him up to fail. Me here.
3: Are, you, are you in? What's up? Uh, Go
8: ahead. I, I got a question for you. Sure. Uh, Baltimore Ravens fan, um, besides Ray Lewis, do any of you have a favorite Ravens player of all time? Mm. It's a short list of top Ravens players. We're a new team.
3: Right. Were you by any chance at the Ray Rice press conference a couple weeks ago? <laughs>
8: <laughs> you know what? I wasn't invited.
3: <laughs> uh, so that in was the cool. Call. I don't know. I don't like the Ravens. I never did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Zach, but I've always had an issue with the Ravens, maybe because they always beat the Jets. I'll throw it to the yeah. other two gentlemen in the room. It's hard not to love Ed Reed in general, but I wouldn't Reed. say I ever thought
4: of him as my favorite Raven. At the time, I had a Jones for Mark Clayton. I thought he was going to be great. Mark I was, Clayton I was, was a heartbreaker. I was convinced Mark Clayton was, for some reason, was the apple of my receiver eye for that year or two, but didn't I really come
8: through. he was great.
5: Yeah. That's a good question. I, Jonathan Ogden, but how fun is a, is a left tackle to watch? So much right. fun.
8: Oh,
5: Ed Reed was great.
8: Choice,
5: yeah, Ed Reed was awesome, but I don't know that he was one, ever one of my favorites. I always kind of like Chris McAllister
4: just because his style of play and how I like guys that are talkative.
8: <laughs> how about, well, what about modern day Ed Reed? Do you think he's going to make that comeback?
3: No, I don't think he'll ever play again. <laughs> That's a good I think question. He, I, I think the uh, gas tank was on empty with Houston and the Jets last year. How about Dennis Pitta, immortal, <laughs> Dennis Pitta. Ring of Honor <laughs> member? Just put, a, put the bust in canton up right now.
5: You almost have to go defense with this answer. Yeah. Unless you're a big Jamal Lewis fan or oh, who else?
4: Adelius wow. Thomas was oh, fun God. at the time, don't but his out. Patriots don't days have out. ruined him in my eyes. But Adelius Thomas was another guy that was Les, fun at the time. Michael We're McCrary, stretching.
5: Peter Bulware.
2: What about special teams? Dave Zastadil? I was. I actually <laughs> thought of... <laughs> the
3: gold
4: standard.
2: <laughs> just it drops gold it.
4: Standard? All right, it's official. Gold standard remains top sack. <laughs> oh,
2: I
5: actually no. thought of... Uh, yeah, it was a good fight. My day. Jermaine Lewis was awfully good for a lot of years as a kick returner. All right, Zach. Oh, and he won a Super Bowl.
3: He did. He did. Zach, you uh, you put up a great fight against the gold standard. He, he came out with a big clutch special teams answer to retain the Zach title. Uh, give but
8: home team advantage. He did. Home
3: he, team advantage. He certainly did. But uh, hey, Matt, thank you very much for calling in, and thank you for listening.
8: Oh, thanks for having me.
3: Later, Zach. Later. All right, gentlemen, let's get out of here. By the way, before we go, we I said I was going to mention. I'll just mention it in passing. The making the leap we have selected. The 25 players that will be this year's around the league making the leap candidates, which uh, basically, Greg, what is the making? What does it mean to make the leap? Means a, a player that is on the
4: rise of their career that is about to come into the national consciousness a little more, and we're going
3: to help push them along long way. We think they're going to have a great 2014. Sounds about right. So we got that will start rolling out next week on the website, and we'll be talking about it more, but just know that we had a high-octane meeting where we really hashed it out. Feelings were hurt, but it didn't matter because it was all for the greater good of the website. Feelings were hurt? Oh, yeah, people were hurt. <laughs> Kevin Patra told me privately that he was very upset.
5: You and Patra in private talks again. <laughs> yes, as always. Vikings and Jaguars lead the list. Mm. of most players on the Making the Leap. How about that Yeah. yeah, Very good. All right, so we will be back on Wednesday. I am heading
3: off on vacation. As I said, I'm going to Texas, but the three gentlemen in this room are going to hold it down as is the gold standard. So uh, until Wednesday, this is Dan Hanza signing off for the mailman and the boss and the gold standard. And thanks again to everybody that called in until Wednesday. It
4: was set in... In Oxford.
2: Oxford!
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... Calm.